welcome to the January edition of 10 Hats, the IGPM podcast. I'm Ali and today I'm joined by Kay and Robin as normal. And we've also got Kerry Gardner, our national lead for the Midlands, regional representative for Gloucestershire and wellbeing champion for IGPM. How's January going for all of you? Well, I'm coughing like most of our staff are. So um, if I keep having to slip off, it's just to have either a sip of my water or um, or cough. Barking like a dog is what my husband described me as doing. So <laughs> sympathy at home as well as at work. I had COVID at Christmas, so um, I'm oh, still no. getting over the tiredness from that. But hopefully January will pick up. I am so far well, but half of my team are not. So it's probably only a matter of time before I get struck down by something or other. But January is going good. I'm trying to stay positive. I'm really excited that we've managed to launch a PCN manager accreditation last week, which is fantastic news. It's been so well received. And the PCN manager webinar that we did a week or so ago was awesome as well. Um, And we've also got something really exciting coming up later this month with our new appraisal toolkit. But I'll talk more about that at our next podcast once it's out. Oh, it is. It's really exciting. And I had... um... Well, a weird invitation just before Christmas to go to, and I had to read the invitation lots of times. It was called an intimate, was it an intimate drinks reception with Keir Starmer and West Streeting. And being in the healthcare profession, as soon as you see the word intimate, it makes you think of all kinds of things, doesn't it? So I was so nervous about going. So in my head, intimate was... um, well, it's a GP and a patient, really, isn't it? But um, it was going to be six or eight people, maybe. Well, there was probably about 50 of us there. So um, it just shows how big their normal meetings are. But such a privilege for the IGPM to be represented at that kind of level. Um, and so massive congratulations to everybody that has supported us and, and got us to this um, this position where the leader of the opposition wants to hear what we're saying. And there, regardless of anything else that happens, there will be an election this year. And what we talk about in those kind of meetings will help to um, affect policy. So thank you for all of you that have um, that have become members and have supported us with, with that. I managed to speak about the national living wage and the impact that will have on um, all of our teams and really stressed how important it was to us to pay our staff fairly. It's not that we don't want to do that. In fact, we know that all of our staff should earn more than the minimum wage. You know, we we all aspire to pay them at least the real living wage. Um, I also managed to talk about CQC and that was following on from lots of comments we had in our closed um close WhatsApp groups. So if you're not yet in those WhatsApp groups, please join because there's an opportunity to get your voice heard. And then um, I spoke a bit about preventative medicine and how with not very much money, by comparison, um, we do such great things across primary care. So um, as you might imagine, I um, I didn't keep my mouth shut. We had lots of opportunities to talk, um, lots of policy advisors that were very interested in what everyone had to say as well as other people from across um, health and social care. So it was a a, a really good opportunity. And one, I'm not quite sure if it was a a dream or reality even now. Then um, last week, I spoke to the Policy Exchange and um, they're a group of people who 
help the government and um, whoever's in opposition to formulate their their plans, their laws, their regulations. So I managed to speak to them uh, about some recommendations and opinion of the IGPM for a policy um, recommendations that will be coming out later this year. So again, please support us and please let me know, well, let us all know um, what things we should be campaigning for on your behalf, because we're getting in at the, the top level now. We are also in the middle of another accreditation period. So uh, we've had a number of applications come in at the end of December, which are now in for marking. Um, and we also quickly want to get our PCN manager rep, Sarah, to quickly talk to you guys about her experience of becoming accredited and why she thinks this is so important for PCN manager. My name is Sarah Cole and I'm a PCN manager in South Gloucestershire and a national PCN rep for the IGPM. I've been a PCN manager for about two and a half years now, but I've got 28 years experience working in healthcare management, with 21 of those being in general practice. I achieved my IGPM accreditation in March 23, but felt I had to draw on a lot of my previous practice management experience to demonstrate how I met the criteria. I fed this back to the IGPM team and together we reviewed the accreditation process to develop a specialised framework for PCN managers so that they could apply and join the professional register too. I'm grateful the IGPM have recognised that PCN management is different to other practice management roles. For example, PCN managers may not manage buildings and estates in the same way that a practice manager does, but they may have sourced space either in practice or in the community for ours roles or a shared hub, established remote working policies or risk assessed working from home, or been part of a PCN wide estates review. The framework challenges managers to think about how they fit the criteria in other ways, and it's flexible in recognising the different skills and responsibilities we as PCN managers have. I know from talking to colleagues, life is busy right now, and the idea of accreditation might seem something too challenging at the moment, but the process was actually very rewarding. Going through the 10 domains felt like applying for a job and it really helped me reflect on everything I've achieved in my career and all that I still want to do, so I really enjoyed it. The supporting testimonials I received from my clinical director and a colleague made me feel incredibly valued. It's so important to me that colleagues know I work to a high standard and recognise my skills. I'd absolutely encourage other PCM managers to gain accreditation, whether you're looking for that validation now or you might be considering your future in the change in primary care landscape. It's a lovely feeling to look at that certificate on the wall and know you're doing a good job. And I feel really proud of my professional membership. My name is Kerry Gardner. I'm a practice manager at Six Ways Clinic in Cheltenham in Gloucestershire. Um, I've worked in primary care for many years now. Originally came into the NHS as a school leaver, working in hospital pharmacy, moved into primary care a few years later, clinical coder, data quality manager, and I've been working in a management role for, for quite a few years now. Um, I'm practice manager rep for Gloucestershire ICB, the chair of our locality practice managers group. Last year I was part of the clinical terms of reference group within NHS England. That was in my national lead role. Also been a guest speaker this month on a GP nurse webinar. Um, and I've done some webinars for IGPM members as well. And so Carrie, what does it mean to you then to become an IGPM national lead? Well, I've really enjoyed being a regional rep and getting to know the practice managers in the, in the county. Um, being a national lead feels for me like a recognition of the work that I've done locally so far promoting IGPM, um, its benefits and all the shared visions that we have. 
Um, I'm excited now to expand on that and create new alliances with practice managers, LMCs and ICBs in the Midlands area. Um, so the Midlands area is, is defined as the M4 corridor up to the northern counties. Um, I've got lots of areas in my patch that have no coverage, so I'd love to work with anyone in that area to widen and strengthen the IGPM membership. And you've done some innovative ways of um, of getting some of those those meetings in, Kerry. I know before Christmas you send out tea bags to people, didn't you? Inviting them to have a cup yeah. of tea with you on on have a cup of tea chat. <laughs> and that I've, went down really well. I've had a really good response to that. It's about a seventy percent um, response. So that that was really good. It's a little bit cheesy, but I just think what would catch my eye as a practice manager in my in my in tray um and to have a handwritten card with a tea bag would certainly um pique my interest absolutely same same goes here we have enough pens in the post don't we so yeah tea, yeah. tea bag is great so you were one of the first managers to get the MIGPM after your name weren't you i think i was number 10 were you and and yeah. so how did that feel did you beam with pride as much as we did absolutely and the first thing I did when I got my certificate was go and buy a really swanky frame to put it in um it's a fantastic achievement having letters after my name um I'm a child of the 70s and and these things don't sort of happen to to me where and where I come from so um it was actually quite cathartic um completing the application and realizing quite how much I've achieved and more importantly how much I actually know um, I use my application to uh, reflect on and to look back on and to, you know, just really think about what, what I've done over the past sort of 17 years. Um, I had my appraisal last week and used those domains um, to talk about points which I don't think I would have mentioned otherwise. It, it really made me think much more outside the box of what I would normally talk about in an appraisal. And what did the uh, what did the partners say when you talked about all those things, Kerry? Well, my partner, I gave her gave her a copy. It was my senior partner. I gave her a copy and said, "This is what we're going to be talking about on Tuesday." And I gave her that on the Friday, and um, we started doing the appraisal. And she said, "I have to say, I got to page two and I'm exhausted." <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome so, to our world. Absolutely, I, I think she well, she sort of said, "I know you do a lot of things." but I possibly didn't realise quite how much and in how much detail. Um, so she she really enjoyed it, just finding out, you know, exactly the little bits and things that we do. I'm not a managing partner. I'm, I'm, I'm a practice manager employee. Um, so I, t I only take things to the partners that I feel that they really need to know about. And so she found it really interesting all the things that go in the background that I don't talk to the partners about because they don't really need to know but it's still an integral part of my job it's great it's, it, it's great that you had that list to go off all those things to talk about and it does help them to understand that whole breadth of experience that we had um absolutely. and I, I, as you said about um as as having all the things that we do without even knowing or thinking about so the accreditation is um, is a great way to bring all that experience together and I, I always big up Robin when I'm talking about the accreditation because 
yeah it's just it's just incredible that that is on one document that we can all see in front of us and has been received so well robin so um huge congratulations goodness knows i mean you you're you're still a baby so goodness knows what <laughs> what what you're going to bring to the profession by the time me and kerry are retired yeah well, kerry was road testing that appraisal toolkit for us as well in her appraisal so i'm really really pleased to hear that the partner actually found it useful and it gave that structure so and, and that's what we want for every practice manager appraisal you know so many of our colleagues are always saying oh my appraisal's a bit rubbish you know it all sort of depends on what i put into it they don't really understand my job this is to stop that from happening you know the aim of this toolkit is to say that the partner doing the appraisal really does have that understanding of the breadth of our role and it gives the the employee that opportunity to showcase what they've done in those 10 domains so i'm really pleased Kerry, to hear that it went down well it, it was also really good, Robin, um, for setting objectives and PDP for the next 12 months as well. Yeah. Um, I managed to come up with something for each of the 10 domains. Wow. And my senior partner said to me, so on top of everything you're doing, when are you actually going to do this stuff? And, you know, like all of us, it's just part of my job. We just we just crack on and we do it. Um, so it was, it was really, really helpful in in being able to talk about lots of things that I don't think I would have mentioned had we followed a bog standard appraisal form. Brilliant. So, you know, as a, as a national leader and a practicing practice manager yourself, what would you say are your sort of biggest drivers and, and what do you want to see change for practice managers? Well, I think when people talk about general practice, they mention doctors, nurses, receptionists, care navigators, and we just don't ever get talked about but we're a massive part of the daily function of general practice. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's amazing to be a part of the IGPM, especially as we're now being involved in various contract negotiations. Um, we know what will work at grassroots level and not work on a daily basis. So, so building on being recognised and having a voice is probably my biggest driver and what I hope to continue to change for practice managers. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think if you'd said about four or five years ago, who, who do they talk about? They didn't used to talk about receptionists either. And that's actually something that's come on really, really far. And I like to think in part because of our campaigns, raising awareness about how difficult a role that is at front of house. So you're right. I think, you know, hopefully practice managers are next on that that line of, of awareness. And I think that is something that we play a role in and trying to promote as much as possible. One day. We'll get there one day. <laughs> You're an amazing author as well, Kerry. You write some really interesting um, articles on well-being on a regular basis on um, the Practice Index website. Um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's struggling at the moment? Oh, thanks, Ali. Well, I tend to write from the heart and I hope that what I write resonates with the readers. Um, most of my well-being blogs are based on personal experiences. Um, I've had a lot of highs, but equally I've had a lot of lows. Um, the piece of advice I always give to anyone who approaches me for help or support is to remember that you're not alone. And part of what IGPM is, is to offer that shoulder to cry on. And the key message to get out to anyone struggling is to get in touch. Um, we've got regional reps throughout the country, including Wales and Northern Ireland. Um, you can contact me as a national lead. Or if you're in the north, we've got Mike and Peter in the south. But it's really just don't suffer in silence. Make sure that you reach out and there is somebody who can listen and support and help you. And we've got that um, wellbeing WhatsApp group as well, Kerry, haven't we, that you um, you look after? 
Yeah, and you tend to pop quite a lot in there. Um, it's a nice, I think Robin described it as a nice fluffy group um, in a previous <laughs> podcast. Um, but also, I'm, I really want people to know that it's a safe space. And if, if they're struggling, it's somewhere where they can vent and they can rant and nothing's going to be repeated outside of that group. Mm. Um, we've had people pop things on there from um, death in service to personal bereavement. And the support and the warmth from the group has been just amazing, really. It's incredible, isn't it? And you have to be an IGPM member to be in those groups. So it is totally safe and so very supportive. And I think all of us, no matter how many years or how experienced we are, we've all picked up stuff from all of those groups. Um, there, there's a, just probably going off topic a little bit, there's a, a finance group as well that um, has had a question in it this last week that nobody knew the answer to, that we're actually going outside to try and try and find the uh, the answer to that question. So there's the opportunity um, for complicated or simple or just encouragement in those groups. And huge thanks to you, Kerry, for keeping that that one in particular go in with them um, always posting some positive messages positive mental attitude okay that's that's <laughs> so you're also speaking at best practice next month with Kay um and a few of us are all going to be there too so if you give us a little more info about what your session is going to be about well Kay and I have a corker of a session planned um it's not a dry dry presentation it's more of a, a loose conversation around how to find and keep the right people in your team. Um, recruitment is something that a lot of practices are struggling with nationally. So we've got some ideas around how to retain the team that you have and some hints and tips about recruitment. Um, and it should really make an interesting half an hour. We've got a few few tricks up our sleeves. I bet you do. <laughs> I really can't wait to come and see it as well. It's going to be really good. Do you know, I'm, it's not very often I'd be flattered to be called loose, but I think um, a loose presentation <laughs> is probably quite a good description, Kerry. Thank you. So if any of you are visiting Best Practice and um, we're on stand F64, um, so yeah, pop along and say hi. Robin, you're um, doing a panel on day one at the Keynote Theatre. I think that's at 10 mm -hmm. o'clock. Um, yeah, we have... talking about ours. Uh, um, and then we've got Pete and Mike also on day one. They're leading a session on practice managers as managing partners. And then Kay and Kerry on day two. Um, yeah, it's going to be great fun. There'll be lots of us on the stand. So pop along for a, for a chat and a, a drink. Yeah, and never, never be um, embarrassed to come up and talk to us at any point. We love meeting all of our members. What we'll probably do is um, do a bit of a, a tweet about where we are, where we're standing, maybe send a photograph of where we are and what we look like. Um, and perhaps we might even go out for um, a bit of a social on um, the middle evening. So if anybody is staying, then um, just look out for that as well and we'll tell you where we're going to be. We have lots of really positive engagement at Best Practice in Birmingham, didn't we, Robin, mm. um, in October? It was really nice to have people come up to the stand and say, oh, I'm so-and-so, I'm a member. And you recognise their name from, from one of our various WhatsApp groups or our uh, closed Facebook page. And it's really nice to be able to put faces to names and to have a chat. Um, one lady who, who came up and had a chat said about how much the IGPM had, had saved her, that she was really struggling. She was thinking of chucking it all in and that um, she joined the IGPM, joined the communities and it just changed things about how she felt. 
um, and that's really great. But just even just to just to say hi, I'm a member is um, really rewarding for all of us. I think absolutely. And and send, if your GPs are coming and you're not, send them to us anyway because they're trust me, they're going to want this appraisal toolkit. They're going to want to fund your membership so that they can get it. And we're more than happy to sit and talk to them about what amazing roles and and people practice managers generally are. Thank you so much, Kerry. Um... We'll move on to this month's question um, from one of our practice managers. Practice manager has contact from the Midlands. Please help. The national living wage is fantastic for our team, but as a business, we're really going to struggle to know how to fund it. We're already really pushed to the limits. What can we do? Yeah, this one I think is on everyone's mind at the moment in the practice management and partner community because it's been announced publicly. It's going up to £11.44 for over 25-year-olds, I think it is. And and the first question back from us is, and is our contract going up to fund that too? Because it just seems to me there there is a ridiculous mismatch if a government recognises that people need to be on a higher wage, but then they don't provide the funding for services that they directly commission and pay for to match that. So, yeah, we are all really concerned about this. We, we've got members telling us that they could be anything between 30 and £100,000 a year down in terms of cost and that's only to uplift people from below that rate to that rate plus the on costs it doesn't then consider how you kind of have to uplift everybody else to kind of maintain that differential and i know there are there's been the argument that you know people shouldn't feel like they're going up just because everyone else is going up but let me use the junior doctor strike as, a, as an example for that if you've got junior doctors who are on on strike at being paid 14 pounds an hour if then you know the the lower skilled minimum wage is 11.44 that differential was getting shorter and shorter and that's not them recognizing the additional training skills knowledge experience that people who should be getting higher rates of pay are you know they should have so we have been flagging it um with gpc and we know they've been flagging it with the government as well we've really heavily promoted the bma survey about finances because that is also going to help provide really valuable evidence in those contract negotiations to say that we need extra financial help um, and we are asking any members who are really concerned about the impact of that uplift, send us the details. We will share those figures on anonymously, if, if needed, with the GPC committee. So they're aware of the real impact this could have on practices. You know, some are already thinking about laying off staff. Some are even thinking I might have to have my contract back, which none of us wants to see. That's not going to help the government's you know, viewpoint on access or health inequalities. It's just going to worsen those problems. And, you know, for a practical thing to do, why not get in contact with your local MP? Yeah. Why not? Why not speak to those people that that, that have the power to make the difference in your area? Um, and I, I'm sure we, you know, we're, we're quite good at writing policy statements as well. So perhaps if with once we've got all of your information, your comments, we can write something as an organisation to the government and, and let them know the real struggle and the details of that. There is a blog on Practice Index that I wrote about financial viability, and that was based upon a conversation that I had with the MP that covers where I work. Um, he was absolutely shocked. He thought that primary care were receiving much higher amounts of funding than we are, and um, was appalled when I said that you know it, it historically it's always been eight percent, and actually it's dropped seven point two percent, and yet we're being asked to provide more and more. Um, so that's that's a starting base if you do want to open that conversation, or feel free to use any of the um, informational statistics within that blog to write to your MP as well. If there's a question you'd like um, our panel to answer um, one month on the podcast, do just drop us a message at the RGPM office. Um, and we'll we'll put that forward. 
So what have we got planned for February? It's going to be quite a busy one for, for us at IGPM. Yeah, I think best practice is, you know, two days at the end of the month in London, which we've got a lot of us going to. And we're really, really looking forward to that, as you can probably tell. Uh, it's always nice to have a day out, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, the more we can spend our time talking to members and prospective members, the better. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing in February. I know I'm going to best practice, but the rest is a mystery. We have got a webinar, I believe, on the um, appraisal toolkit as well, coming up on this at the 21st, Annie? 21st of February, yeah. And that's for everybody. Yes, and not just practice managers. Get your GPs on it, get your partners on it. If you're thinking someone needs to do a better appraisal for me, then you send them the link and we'll happily have them on. So we really look forward to promoting that and giving you a bit more information about how that process works and the benefits of doing using that toolkit if you're not already accredited because it can help you complete that accreditation process as well. I'm hosting a drop-in webinar session on the 13th of February over the lunchtime period um, for anybody who, who needs any help and support. Um, it's just a free and easy chat um, and hopefully lots of people will join. We'll get lots of advice and lots of support. And we're looking to do more of these as well, aren't we, Kerry? Just a sort of open access, talk to a regional rep or a national rep and just you know have a vent, have a rant, or just come along with an issue that you want an opinion on. And, and we're going to be putting these on regularly throughout the year for, for any member to join. Sure, because the chances are the frustrations that people are feeling, um, lots of others, are, mm. you know, and, and we are as well. So just having that opportunity to just vent it and for people to say, do you know what, I feel exactly the same way, um, is is a, a piece of support in itself. Yeah, and you definitely. can join any time during those sessions. You don't have to join for the whole session. Um, they followed on from our popular um, moral distress uh, webinar that they did in that Kerry did in December that was was incredibly popular at the end so many people um asked for support but mm. yeah you can drop in any point in the sessions it's no there's no kind of you don't need to come for the whole thing if you just want to pop along for 10 minutes that's that's absolutely fine we've got a KPI meeting for members this Friday as well I don't know if this webinar will go out before or after that if uh, we go out after then um, if you are a member there should be some outputs from that so we were looking at whether we could develop some KPIs as a, a kind of IGPM standard. Lots of us have um, them locally, but whether we could pull them all together. So that that's um, open, as I say, to any members. And the details of that are, I think, in the practice development WhatsApp group. And our new public campaign is just at the final stages um, of being edited now. So that's something we're all really, really excited about. Um, so keep your eyes out for that coming very soon. So thank you, um, all three of you, for joining us today. It's great to see you all again. Hope you, the rest of your day isn't as hectic. Um, and we'll see you all next month. <laughs> <laughs>